With the addition of Stephon Gilmore, did the Colts defense just get elite? And what does the starting lineup look like on both sides of the ball? Where are the holes? The holes are obvious. The draft for the Colts, just 10 days away. Indiana took a step in the right direction yesterday with a great commitment. You get a kid like Malik Renault, you feel really good about yourself. Does this answer all the questions that need to be answered about Mike Woodson as a recruiter in the college basketball game? Cubs win last night, good win. And the mistake that Kevin Pritchard makes made that has cost the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about that too. Because he went off last night. The mistake that they made went off last night for the Dallas Mavericks. All right, this is Breakfast with Ken for Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Johnson's a call. You got a problem, they got a solution. Let's go. Make your house not leaky. How about that? Go above and beyond to make your home a place that you're proud of, at least from a plumbing perspective. 765-610-8809. The number. Hit subscribe, hit like, punch the uh, uh, ring the, the bell deal, and let's go, right? If you have a question, donate. I see it automatically. I'll answer the question. I'll interrupt what I'm talking about for money, yo. That's what we'll do. All right, let's talk about sports. The Indianapolis Colts with the signing of Stephon Gilmore. Here's their starting lineup. Across the front four, you got Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, and Yannick Ngakwe. That's a nice front four. You got two upgrades there. Ngakwe is an upgrade, no question. He's the perfect edge guy, the perfect Leo in Gus Bradley's defense. Quiddy Pay, I think, is going to be an upgrade too over Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay is going to get better than what he wants. And that means that the Colts' defense is going to be better across the linebacker core. You really got two because they played nickel most of the time. So you've got Bobby O'Karake and Darius Leonard. That's a pretty good group. That's a group of twosome, right? And, and on running downs, when you go with a traditional kind of 4-3, what you're going to have is Zaire Franklin on the field. That's if everybody's healthy. The defensive backfield... Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore, and uh, you know what? I mean, honest to goodness, Isaiah Rogers is going to wind up getting a lot better just because Stephon Gilmore is there, Mike Mitchell's there. He is going to get coached up. He's going to get better. So Rogers takes a lift. Gilmore brings lift. And then at the safety position, you've got greater depth. Whether or not Julian Blackman is 100% or not after tearing his Achilles tendon and getting it surgically repaired. If you got Rodney McLeod, Julian Blackman, and Kari Willis as your safeties, you feel really good about that defense. And then you add coaches like and, uh, the aforementioned uh, Gus Bradley is the new DC. You got Mike Mitchell. You've got uh, man. You got guys. You, you've got Cato June as an assistant. Uh, you've got Ron Miles as an assistant as the DB coach. You got a lot of guys back there. You have taken upgrades. You've upgraded the coaching. You've upgraded the DBs. You have upgraded the defensive front. Nowhere did you take a step back. That's not arguable. The only way this defense takes a step back is if injuries get in the way. On the offensive side of the ball, you got a lot of steps up and you got a step sideways 
and you've got a, a step into a vacuum where nothing exists. The holes on the offense are patently obvious. They're at the receiver core, right? You got Michael Pittman and you got nobody else. That's what you got because you can't count on Paris Campbell. I know the Colts, they're not counting on Campbell, but they would like Campbell to get healthy for 17 games. Everybody would. Paris Campbell seems like a nice guy. You would like Paris Campbell to be really good. So far, he hadn't been able to stay on the field, and that's going to corrupt his value to this offense and force the Indianapolis Colts to address those needs in the draft. That's just the way it is. So the starters, you got Pryor, Nelson, Kelly, Pinter, and Smith across the front. I feel really good about four of those guys. I think Pinter is an upgrade over Glowinski. Pryor, I don't think is the downgrade that a lot foresee. I don't think Pryor is going to be an all-pro left tackle, but he sure as hell is better than Julian Davenport, and that's a good thing. And I think he's going to wind up being better than Eric Fisher was last year. The depth pieces, you've got to address depth across the offensive line. At quarterback, you got an upgrade. Like, there's no doubt Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz had fatal flaws. Those fatal flaws were identified and they were acted upon by Chris Ballard, Jim Irsay, and Frank Reich. That's what you do as executives. You break down what you got, where you need to get better, and those guys you don't feel like you can coach up to the extent that they can get you where you want to go. And where the Colts want to go is a championship and Wentz can't get them there. So you got to move on from him, and you go get 36-year-old Matt Ryan to come in where you know that Matt Ryan is going to understand what the hell's going on offensively, what's going on defensively, where to attack the holes in the defense, and that is going to be an immediate upgrade over Wentz. He's not physically more dynamic than Wentz, but mentally, you play quarterback up here as much as you do right here. And you saw that in 2015 with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's arm had left him, but he was still good enough to win a Super Bowl in 2015 when coupled with really good defense. If you got Matt Ryan, what the Colts defense looks like, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, the line that they've got, Mo Ali Cox, you know what? I'm not as down on Mo Ali Cox as a lot of people are. But then Michael Pittman, and what do you got? Naheem Hines. Don't forget about Naheem Hines as a gadget guy. You've got to address the wide receiver position in this year's draft. That, that's got to happen. You've got to come up with two guys who can get on the field right away. Because you cannot rely on Desmond Patman, Michael Strong, Kiki Kute. You know, you, you just can't. Ashton Doolin. God forbid I forget Ashton Doolin. People in the comments are going to kill me for forgetting Ashton Doolin. That's just the way it is. Uh, let's talk about Indiana Badgers. So anyway, <clears throat> just to wrap things up with the Colts, I think they've taken steps. Not a quantum leap forward, but they didn't have a quantum leap to take, right? Uh, True Heart FN, YT, Smiley Face, thanks for the two bucks. I think Ryan can work well with rookie wide receivers. I think so too. I think if you got a, a rookie quarterback and rookie wide receivers, you got a problem. But I think that Ryan, Reggie Wayne, Michael Pittman, I think they can coach those guys up and get good work out of rookie wide receivers as long as you got something to work with. And, and people have said in the comments, 
you know what? Matt Ryan is going to lift the receivers. Yes, he is. But you would rather have him lift an 8 to become a 9 rather than a 5 to become a 6. And that's what you kind of got with Strawn and Patman and, and Doolin. You got 5s who could become 6s. You need 8s who can become 9s. And you can do that in the draft. This is a deep class. Maybe not great at the top of the wide receivers, but really, really good throughout. You're going to be able to get two guys at 42 and 73, and maybe they trade back from 42, get a pick in the 50s and a pick in the 70s. Maybe with that, you can still get two guys who are really dynamic as rookies. Um, let's talk about Indiana basketball, because Indiana basketball got a commitment yesterday from Malik Renault. Renault is a kid from Montverde Academy who is really, really good and said, man, I'll tell you what, when he talked to Pigs.com yesterday, he didn't just say the right things. He said great things about winning being the only thing that matters to him. And then also he was talking uh, about, they asked him what he does well. And he mentioned closeouts. He closes out hard. I've never heard a high school senior extol a virtue of his game as closing out. That's fantastic. That made me feel good all over. Mike Woodson's put together a good 13. This is 13 scholarship players now. They are full of scholarship players. They could add, but if they add, they got to subtract. And we don't like subtracting. We don't like creening kids, right? And, and the people who are calling for Miller Cop to be replaced in the transfer portal, what are you doing? That's not Indiana basketball, for God's sake. Miller Cop was a starter. You just want to dispose of a starter out of a, you know, a peak of ill temper because he didn't make more shots than you thought he was going to make despite the fact that he hit the same percentage of threes that he hit in his career at Northwestern? What are you talking about? He was 36% flat at Northwestern. He was 36.1% at Indiana. He was who he is. You don't like it? Tough. He was the best they got at that decision. Now, can they replace him in the starting lineup? Of course. Uh, you know what? And, and probably should. I think Jordan Geronimo slips in at the three really, really nice and easily. You got a front court of Geronimo, Race Thompson, and Trace Jackson Davis with depth pieces that are really, really nice in Malik Renault and Caleb Banks. We'll see. They got, you've got genuine competition at every spot. Still, you've got Xavier Johnson at the point guard. We'll see how all that works out in terms of uh, discipline and whatnot, right? And uh, you've got uh, at, at the other wing, you got a bunch of guys, to tell you the truth. You, Tamar Banks could wind up starting. You've got uh, Trey Galloway, who can play. You've got Anthony Leal, who at some point, I think, is going to wind up being the kind of player who can get on the floor regularly. you got C.J. Gunn, and, and you've got uh, Jalen Hood-Shafino, who we haven't even talked about. I think Hood-Shafino is going to push Xavier Johnson. Xavier Johnson is kind of a shoot-first guy at the point, and Jalen Hood-Shafino is more a pass-first guy at the point. I'm really looking forward to seeing this team play, and Mike Woodson has shown himself to be a hell of a recruiter. And when people questioned his recruiting, he's like, dude, I recruited in the NBA. This is what you do in the NBA. You're recruiting free agents. You're recruiting your own guys to stay. There's a constant churn 
And there's a constant effort to recruit talent when you're in the NBA. Yes, yes, and yes. Mike Woodson can coach. This preposterous notion that NBA guys can't come into the college game and coach successfully. I know that that's always been kind of the thing. College coaches can't go to the NBA and coach successfully. Basketball is not brain surgery. This is not like asking a brain surgeon to go perform open-heart surgery or vice versa. This is an orange ball, leather ball, being put in a hoop. This isn't, this isn't like next-level calculus. You don't need to be Stephen Hawking to be a basketball coach, for God's sake. Mike Woodson's doing just fine, and he'll continue to do just fine. Stop ragging Mike Woodson as though he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Of course he knows what he's doing. Uh, Cubs won last night against the Tampa Bay Rays, 4-2. to two. Nice night for the Cubs. Frank Schwindel bombs away. Patrick Wisdom bombs away last night. It was colder than hell. It didn't matter. Barrel it up and hit it out of the park and go home. It's what the Cubs did. So now they're 6-4 and four on the season. First 10 games of the season, 6-4. and four. You do that 16 times, you win 96 games. That is easy math. Even a basketball coach could tell you that kind of math. So the Cubs, they continue to play. Uh, Jalen Brunson, 41 last night for the Mavs. When I was walking out of the Pacers facility after the draft where the Pacers selected Aaron Holiday instead of Jalen Brunson, I was talking to Nate McMillan, who then was the coach of the Pacers. He said, well, what do you think? I said, I got to tell you the truth. I'd rather have Brunson. And he looked at me. And we walked to our cars and we went home. Brunson lasted all the way to the second round. Kevin Pritchard's not the only guy who passed on Jalen Brunson, but he did pass on Jalen Brunson in order to take Aaron Holiday. Somebody made a mistake projecting Holiday ahead of Brunson. Brunson, all up here, man. And Holiday was always trying to prove himself, but Brunson, Brunson knows who he is. Really good high school player, great college player, and last night saved the Mavs bacon. They could have gone down 2-0 without Luka. Now Luka comes back, and all of a sudden, the Mavs look really good in that series against the Utah Jazz. Birthdays, we got one birthday today, and it's great John Quick. John Quick celebrating a birthday. Worked with John for about 11 and a half years. Loved John. Good for him. Uh, we're going to get lunch soon. I can't wait. Later today, Inside Indiana Sports and I, I can't wait to talk to you. Thanks for the donations.